Operation Desert Shield was the code name given to the U.S. military defense of Saudi Arabia and its oil installations following Iraq's invasion of Kuwait on August 2, 1990. The most powerful military on Earth provided a shield of defense to protect our national interest in that part of the world. Faith provides a defense shield for the Christian who is vulnerable to attack from an army of wicked spiritual forces. The shield of faith is a necessary part of the believer's battle suit, which the Bible says to put on, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If you had to reach for your shield of faith right now, could you? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Satan will use fear to diminish or weaken your faith, but that's not his only tactic. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and you're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Well, in addition to fear, the enemy will use worry and doubt to attack our faith in Christ. Today, Ron explains how to defend ourselves against these enemy attacks and how we can not only maintain our faith, but increase it. Stay right here as Ron moves ahead in his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare, or visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron in part two of his Something Good Radio message, Picking Up the Shield of Faith. Uh, like faith, there's a big difference between biblical hope and you know, the kind of hope that says, I hope tomorrow is a better day. I hope they find a vaccine for the virus. I, I hope 2021 is better than 2022. That's not biblical hope, that's wishful thinking, disguised as hope. Biblical hope is the confident expectation that God is who he says he is, and that he will do exactly what he says he will do. That's biblical hope. Uh, coupled with the confident expectation, the assurance of those things that I cannot see with the naked eye, but I see with the eyes of faith. Years ago, Time Magazine quoted the famous geneticist Francis Collins as saying, faith is not the opposite of reason. No, faith rests squarely upon reason, but with the added component of revelation. Yeah, because biblical hope is that confident expectation that God is who he says he is, just as he revealed himself in the pages of Scripture, just as he has revealed himself to us in creation and in our conscience and in the written word and furthermore in the living word who is Jesus Christ. He has revealed himself to us. I say it another way, Christianity is an intelligent faith based upon reasonable evidence but it goes further than that and gives us the revelation of God. And so um, it's a reasonable thing, beyond a reasonable thing, to believe in all the ways that God has uh, revealed himself in the pages of Scripture. That's a little bit about what is faith. I want to get back to that dartboard. The devil has a dartboard, according to Ephesians 6. Your face, my face, is right in the middle of it. And he has some 
flaming darts. Now, the vivid picture that the Apostle Paul has in mind here comes from the ancient Roman world and from battlefields back then. The WMD in the ancient world, the weapon of mass destruction, was the flaming arrow. Uh, They would not only shoot arrows at their enemies, but sometimes they would take a piece of cloth and dip it in, in pitch and wrap the end of the arrow and set it on fire and send the arrow. And when the, 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 the arrow hit, the, the pitch splattered in a bunch of directions with its flames. That was considered a weapon of mass destruction back then and would ignite the enemy's camp. And the Apostle Paul has that picture in mind when he says to us, let's go back to verse 16, in all circumstances, pick up or take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. What kind of flaming darts is he going to send our direction? How does he attack our faith? Let me give you just three. Write these down. Number one is worry. He will attack your faith and my faith, that confident expectation that God will do what he says he will do because he has revealed himself in this way. He will attack that faith with worry. How do I know that? Well, because um, in Matthew chapter 6, which is a section of Scripture, um, the larger section, 5, 6, and 7, known as the Sermon on the Mount. You ever heard of that? Uh, Jesus talks about worry. In fact, it's probably the largest section of Scripture dedicated to worry. Uh, Why did Jesus talk so much about worry? Because we worry a lot, don't we? We worry about this, we worry about that, we worry about the other thing. And and Jesus said, "Why why are you worrying? He talked about how foolish it is to worry, how useless it is to worry. He said, listen, I, you know, your Father in heaven takes care of the birds of the air. There's not one that drops to the ground without his notice. Look at the flowers in the field and how they are adorned and clothed. And then Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 30, but if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? It's that last little phrase that kind of gets us. Oh, Jesus is saying there's a connection between worry and a lack of faith. Let's just say it. Worry cannot coexist with faith. And so one of the, one of the ways uh, by, by logical conclusion the devil attacks our faith is by filling our hearts and mind with worry. What did you worry about this week? Uh, Did you worry about catching the coronavirus? Did you worry about uh, losing your job? Uh, Did you worry about taking some financial step of faith? Uh, What was your heart full of worry about? What did you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, pacing back and forth in your den about? What, What worry gripped your heart? See it for what it is. A flaming arrow from the devil meant to extinguish your faith. And that's when you need to take up the shield of faith. Pick it up in all circumstances. The second dart that he often tosses is uh, is doubt, is doubt. We talked a little bit about this in week two. I won't expand much here. But here's what I've learned over the years and, and some wise soul encouraged me to do years ago. He just said, doubt your doubts. Learn to doubt your doubts. 
knowing that this is one of the flaming arrows of the devil meant to extinguish your faith when doubt comes to your mind, to your heart, whatever, or it freezes your hands and feet before you put some step of faith into practice. Just recognize it for what it is. Pick up your shield of faith because it's the shield of faith that extinguishes worry and doubt and thirdly, fear. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To hear any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, make sure to access the Something Good digital library. That's where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good digital library at somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience, and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. 
Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or you can mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the second half of his message, Picking Up the Shield of Faith. That's the third flaming dart, is fear. And and this is self-evident, this is obvious, right? You could have probably come up with a list like this. Faith cannot coexist with worry, it cannot coexist with doubt, it cannot coexist with fear. Uh, But what did you fear this week? Uh, What do we see politicians and others playing off of us, you know, constantly? It's fear, fear. If they can instill fear in us, they can control us. This is a strategy of the devil. If he can get us all tangled up in fear, guess what? You'll never take a step of faith. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If fear grips your heart, commit that verse to memory. And then in a couple weeks when we talk about Uh, picking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, you'll have that little arrow, that defensive arrow in your quiver. And when fear comes your way, you say, ah, no, (laughs) the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is uh, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, Just some ways the devil attacks our faith and how the shield of faith is our defense. Finally, let's just talk a little bit about uh, how to get faith and how to increase our faith. But before I go there, let me just say this. The size of your faith does not matter. Uh, We're we're not talking about, you know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and just trying harder and getting bigger. I, I, I need a faith of a certain size. No. You know what Jesus said? He said in Matthew chapter 17, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Think about that. Just a tiny, tiny little bit of faith. Why? Because it's not the size of your faith that matters, it's the object of your faith. You see, up to this point, you might have thought that faith, you know, meant faith in faith, or faith in yourself, or faith in your government. Or if you got a uh, bad diagnosis, somebody, you might have been diagnosed with cancer this week, or you have great faith in your medical team. No, it's faith in God. Assemble the medical team. Get the best group of people to, you know, attack whatever, you know, medical ailment you have. But your faith needs to be in the right direction. Don't put your faith in the government. That's what socialism wants. Socialism wants us not to have faith in God, but faith in the government. Communism eliminates faith altogether because it's an atheistic system. Socialism is not atheistic, but it redirects our faith away from God to the government. Don't for one minute put your faith in the government. The government will always let you down, even though we have great people in the government, right? The object of our faith matters. It's faith in the God who reveals himself in Scripture, who says, this is who I am. This is what I will do. And you anchor your faith in the promises of God, not in yourself, not in somebody else or some other system. 
Having said that, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 is a good place for us to land our plane today as we talk about picking up the shield of faith. Read this verse with me together. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Think of this book called the Bible as your faith fueling station. You get the word of Christ in you and you'll have more faith. You'll have a stronger faith. My wife and I are very different when we drive a car. I'll drive until the fuel tank is pretty close to empty and I'm really not all that panicked when the light comes on, all right? Because I kind of know there's an extra maybe gallon or two in there and I'll just, you know, drive. But my wife, as soon as it gets below a half tank, she wants to fill up, okay? I get that, we're just, we're just different that way. Uh, she's probably got a better plan than I do. Although, in all of our years of marriage, I've never been, I've never had to call her and say, I'm, I ran out of gas on the side of the road. Maybe that day is coming, I don't know. But here's my concern, is that too many people who call themselves Christians are trying to live the Christian life on fumes with that little light on. Because the last time, and present company excluded, the last time you were under the teaching of God's word or in it for yourself, reading the Bible, studying the Bible during the week, the last time you really spent significant time fueling up your faith was too long ago. It was too long ago. You're running on fumes. You know, your, your, your quiet time, your Bible reading time, even the frequency with which you're in church, it's gotten to the point where you're, you're in church when it's convenient for you. You don't have something else to do. And the gauge just keeps going lower and lower and lower and lower. You, you, you can scan through your week, maybe your months, and ask yourself, how many times have I been to the fueling station? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You've got to be under the teaching of God's word. That applies to your pastor as well. And you've got to be in it for yourself. And the mileage you get per gallon, just, just, just consider it very small. You need to be regularly coming to the fueling station because I guarantee you this, the devil has a dartboard with your face on it and mine and he's firing some flaming arrows our direction full of worry and doubt and fear, and you need to pick up the shield of faith. You, you need a full tank worth of faith. Yeah, Jesus said you can move mountains with a mustard seed. I get all of that. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You can't have a distant relationship from, from this book, the Bible, the Word of Christ, you can't have a distant relationship from it and expect to be a person who steps out in faith every day. Uh, you'll, you'll be full of worry, you'll be full of doubt, you'll be full of fear. Those, those, those alert lights will go on, then you rush back to church or, oh, you know, I gotta find, find something to encourage my heart today. No, you need a regular, a regular plan to fuel up your faith every day, and the importance of being together as the gathered church, 
and the importance of me as a pastor, not to just read a little verse and then talk for 40 minutes about, you know, whatever I want to talk about. That isn't biblical preaching. It's, I, I want to give you the Word of God and give it to you uh, best as I can. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you pick up your shield of faith, okay, the promise is you will extinguish every flaming arrow of the evil one. You'll find that worry and doubt and fear don't control your life as much as faith does because you're a person of ever-increasing faith. So here's what we need to do. Shields up, everyone. Shields up. We're in enemy territory. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Picking Up the Shield of Faith. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now here in studio. Ron, you spoke just now about what you call the fueling station, which is the Word of God. You said that's the place to go to increase our faith. Let's talk more about that as we finish up today's broadcast. Brian, when I consider how the Word of God can empower us to increase our faith or to help us use that shield of faith to wage war against Satan, one of the things I think about is something that happened in the life of Christ. Now, you remember Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and then the Father spoke, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This was the introduction to the public ministry of Christ. And it was a public introduction, complete with the voice of God announcing, ironically enough, his own arrival on the public scene. But remember what happens next. The Bible goes on to say that immediately after this baptism, uh, this announcement of Christ's identity and purpose, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted. Now watch this, Brian. For 40 days, Jesus, still in the wilderness, still having not eaten, but instead has only been praying and fasting, well, Satan approaches Jesus and tempts him three times. And what do you know? <laughs> the very first temptation is food. I mean, it's been 40 days, right? And the Bible says Jesus was hungry after those 40 days. So Satan's first temptation is to ask Jesus to turn the stones into bread so that he might eat. What did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, Brian, the Word of God fills our tanks. It's the thing that enables us to put our faith in God and not ourselves, enables us to resist temptation, enables us to put our faith into action and win the battle against our adversary. Now, Jesus was tempted three times, and all three times he used Scripture to combat that temptation. How can we do that? Well, there's only one way, and that's by spending consistent time in the Word of God so that we know it by heart, so that having that, that Word in us causes our faith in Him to increase, to grow, to mature, uh, so that we can defer to the strength of Christ when we're tempted instead of trying to obey God in our own strength. Faith is a total reliance, a total trust in God to do what we can't do. It is our shield against sin and temptation and the place to increase it. The place to go to fill the faith tank is, of course, God's Word. Consistent time in His Word is critical, absolutely essential for building up our faith. Without it, 
we will be spiritually starved to the point that we don't have the strength to even pick up our shield, uh, much less use it effectively. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts on today's message, Picking Up the Shield of Faith. And Ron, we're up against the clock, but before we go, tell us what's coming our way tomorrow as you move ahead in your series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Brian, the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. In fact, it comes up prominently in the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So as we move ahead to the next piece of armor, I'm going to spend a couple of days talking about the helmet of salvation, which is designed to protect, you guessed it, our minds. Because Satan wants to attack our minds, it is a very fertile battleground for him, and we've got to be prepared to defend ourselves against those attacks. And that's where I'm headed next time, right here on Something Good Radio. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, putting on the helmet of salvation. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and our whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.